0: Hi, It's Tony Brewski from Real Ghost Stories Online, inviting you to subscribe to our other podcast called The Grave Talks. It's where I sit down and interview individuals who've had extreme paranormal situations happen to them in their lives. Just search The Grave Talks on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Be sure to press subscribe and give us some stars to help spread the word. ...that this show exists. Now, here's a 15-minute preview of The Grave Talks. Today on The Grave Talks... Talking Dead. From a very young age, Kitty Janice knew that ghosts were real. She saw them, heard them, and communicated with them on a regular basis... The paranormal was a fact of life and not something to question. As she grew older, Kitty grew to understand that her abilities were unique and her gift was not something to be taken lightly. She realized that many of the voices she heard and could pick up as EVPs were cries for help, help that she knew she could give, helping the deceased to cross over or deliver a message to the living. This is the story. Of Kitty Janice.
1: Well, it actually kind of started in the house I grew up in. Uh, from a very early age I remember the house actually being, you know, haunted by a ghost. And I have an older sister and I had an older brother and we would have paranormal mostly poltergeist activity happening pretty much about three, four times a week. Uh, yeah, we would come home and the, all the water in the house would be running. Uh, things would get moved. We would hear the footsteps. And I think the unusual part of it, at least you know, I've come to learn now, I guess it was that rather unusual was my parents were very nonchalant about it. Uh, they were also aware of it, but they hardly even acknowledged what was going on. You know, we would come home and all the water in the house would be running, and they'd say, "Oh, you know, now the water bill is going to go up. You know, they, uh, that dang ghost." And they were never afraid of it. They never taught us that this was something that was unusual. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of grew up. I, I actually have, you know, a memory of thinking, I guess everybody has a ghost in their house. You know, when you're five, six, seven years old, and you have all this stuff happening, you know, a few times a week, and your parents are okay with it, your siblings are okay with it, and you're like, I guess everybody kind of has a ghost in their house. And I... Remember thinking I would have friends over, and we would be sitting in this you know uh, huge living room that we had, and then we had windows on three sides, and all the windows would be shut, and they had long you know floor to ceiling curtains, and I remember one time, all at one time, all the curtains on all three sides went poof into the room, which was not the first time this had happened, and my friends I just freaked out, and they ran out of the house, and I'm like. Well, what's wrong with them? Is <laughs> this a ghost? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm thinking, you mean you don't have a ghost in your house? And I'm just thinking that was kind of odd that, you mean not everybody has one of these in the house? And I'm thinking, oh, that's kind of weird that not everybody has one of these. And I, I you know, they said, well, you know, usually the next question is, well, did he ever come to a point where he would frighten you? And I only had one occasion, and I guess this was rather, do you moment when I actually started communicating with spirits because we were just kind of like, oh, okay, somebody else kind of lives here, and he kind of does his thing and wanders around, but I remember one time I'd gotten into bed, and of course I have the usual cats and dogs running around the house, and I got into bed, and I was probably about eight years old at the time, and I felt a like a thump on the corner of the bed, and I, at first I thought it was, you know, the cat, you know, hopping on the bed, but then the pressure the corner of the bed felt different and it felt, I sat up because all of a sudden i was thinking this isn't normal. And the, I could actually see the corner of the bed sinking as if some weight was going on the corner of the bed, like somebody sitting on the corner of the bed. But this was just a few inches for me. And I remember being very uncomfortable about that and just instinctively, I just said, stop that. Don't, you know, don't do that. Yeah. And it immediately dissipated and he never did it again. And I think that was the only time that, you know, this spirit kind of, you know, crossed the borderline. The only other way that I think he kind of freaked us out was I talk a lot about you know, particular areas in a location of a building being haunted. and It's usually stairways and hallways because there's just so much traffic that goes through these areas. And then we had this little hallway in the house that connected my bedroom, a bathroom, I think another bedroom and then back into the living room. It was probably about 12 feet long. Nobody in the house liked to go through that hallway. You know, my parents didn't. My brother, I, I certainly hated it. And if we had to use that bathroom, <laughs> you run into the bathroom, you slam the door. You know, mm-hmm. this would be in the you know, middle of the day. And you just get that kind of creeped out feeling that it's just something. You're just like staring at the door, knowing there's like something on the other side of that door sure. that's going to get you. And you just finish your business in the bathroom and you swing open the door. You run out of the hallway, and you just feel like something like right on the back of your neck, and all the hair is standing up on the back of your neck, and you just run out of the hallway. And it was always like that. The the energy in that hallway never changed. It never dissipated. It was always that creepy, don't want to be here. So I guess that was kind of his territory. Mm -hmm. And we would often hear, uh, like, bootsteps on wood through that hallway. And it was carpeted. (laughs) Uh, So we would be sitting in the house hearing the bootsteps going up and down the hallway. So I guess that was kind of his area that we were meant to stay out of and we we uh acknowledged that and we respected that we didn't go in that hallway any more than we needed to so but yeah i kind of just grew up in a house with a ghost and everybody in the house was okay with it and i just kind of grew up with that mindset of these are a thing they're out there and there's something not to be afraid of and i grew up with that from a very early age
0: were you ever able to identify who these ghosts were that were in your childhood home
1: in the house no because the weird thing was my parents bought the house brand new it was a little pink stucco house that they bought in 1955 Mm -hmm. and they were the house was newly constructed and before that it was um lemon and orange groves So all I can think of was it was somebody who had maybe worked in the lemon and orange groves and, you know, was just attached to the land. But that whole building tract was all brand new homes. Sure. And, yeah, my, you know, the neighbors, you know, my parents, friends or whatever, they never talked about having anything in their house. And they just thought we were kind of weird about acknowledging it. So apparently we were the only house in the tract that had one. Sure. And so we really found out who he was, but my parents bought that house brand new and it was haunted from day (laughs) one
0: when when you started realizing you know not everyone had had a ghost in their home i know you kind of touched on that a little bit but but what did that that feel like for you i mean was that was it an easy thing to kind of accept or did you think people maybe just weren't sharing their stories or what, what was going through your mind as that that fact was kind of coming to light for you
1: I was still relatively young. I was, you know, my pre-teens when I realized that, you know, not everybody has a ghost in their house, and it it ranged from feeling kind of sorry for them. (laughs) Gee, they don't have something special in their house, to wondering, you know, would they want something in their house? Also, being curious as why are we the ones who have something in our house and not everybody else? Because the house was new, and not knowing who he was, we kind of felt he was a male energy, and we just kind of called him like an uncle this mm-hmm. uncle who just kind of lives in the house and moves things around. he was fascinated by things that were green if you set something down on a table that was green it would disappear for days and show up in the really unusual spot like you knew you didn't accidentally set it down mm-hmm. uh, i have a story where i was a little kid and we were going to go to i think not to Berry farm or something the next day and i had this little green plastic pirate treasure chest that I had all my spare money in and I'd set it on the table and we were going to go to Knott's Berry Farm the next day with all my little cash. I probably had a whole seven dollars in there. Get up in the morning, it's gone. It is gone. We tore the house apart. It's gone. I'm crying. Where's my money? I can't have any money spend at Knott's Berry Farm. We searched the house for it and I knew my parents had moved it. They would have said, oh we set it down here because we were running late and we could not find it anywhere. Three days later we find it on top of the refrigerator. Now, I'm a little kid. I can't even reach the top of the refrigerator. Why on earth would it have been on top of the refrigerator? Sure. We would find things on top of door jams, you know, really odd places where things would normally get accidentally set down. But to you know, to kind of digress back to your question, it's uh, I kind of just, you know, the curiosity just kind of sunk in as well. Why do we have one and nobody else? And I just basically just thought we were special at that point, that we were blessed to have this guy who felt comfortable being in the house, and we respected his space, and he kind of respected ours, and I basically just pitied my friends for, geez, you, you, guys, you guys don't have one? Too bad for you. We got a ghost in our house, and I was just like the inner and inner. and he stayed there probably a couple decades until uh-huh. uh, I think my brother moved out to go to college, and then it just, it went from like maybe three times a week of us nose him, him doing things to maybe, you know, twice a week, once a week. And it, it kind of just slowly, the energy just kind of changed in the house and it wasn't abrupt. It was just suddenly, gee, we haven't, you know, heard the ghost in a while or anything. And he just kind of, I guess, went on his way. But he was there at least probably 15 years oh. in that house.
0: Almost like he had an interest in the kids. No, I beg your pardon? It's almost like he had an interest in the kids, uh, in, in in yourself and your brother being there, and, and wanted to be around at that time.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess, but I also think you know, because when t- you know children are growing up in the house, and you know their energy level is huge, and you get that hormonal change going on in sure. the house, uh, you'll hear a lot of say poltergeist activity sure. occurring in the house when you do a residential case. The first one, the first question you ask is. Who's living in the house and what are their ages? And, mm-hmm. you know, dollars to donuts, you're probably going to find, you know, y- young teenagers, especially girls. If you've got teenage girls in a house, that energy just cycles around like crazy. And a lot of times you'll get poltergeist activity. But this was when we were very young to a very long time. So all through, you know, our young years and passing to our teenage years, did we have this guy present. So, sure. I guess it turned out to be unusual, but when you grow up in that environment, it's it's not unusual because it's just yeah. what you're used to.
0: Yeah, completely normal at that point. Outside of the home, when you were a child and you were experiencing these things at your own residence, outside of the residence, did you ever run into paranormal you know, entities or activity, or was it all restricted to the, the house that you lived in?
1: I did, well, I probably wasn't cognizant of it until I really actively pursued it, so probably not until, you know, my 20s, 30s did I start pursuing it a little bit more. Um, I have a friend who lives probably about 50 yards from a very large cemetery. And I noticed that when we would go over to her house, on days where a cemetery would be very slow, uh, primarily like a I think we were there on a Super Bowl Sunday. You know, Not everybody's going to be at the cemetery on a Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> They're at home watching football. Sure. And we were there at her house one time, and this is when I actually started seeing spirits in other locations and actually seeing things. And she had been seeing spirits in her house, too. She had talked to me about spirits being in her house. So I was kind of on guard that there might be something going on in her house. And sure enough, I think I counted like 20 ghosts walking around her house during the day. And I figured they must have been come from the nearby cemetery because they were all dressed kind of formally, and I'm assuming it was probably what they were buried in. And I think they just kind of wanted to be in an energy where there was people. And obviously there was nobody at the cemetery because it was Super Bowl Sunday. Whereas if I was at the same friend's house on a day where the cemetery might be busy, like you know Christmas Eve or something like that, there'd be nobody in her house. She mm-hmm. would tell me stories of this is when she was like a young teenage girl. Once again, her energy and the hormone levels are up. She told me a really funny story one time where um, she woke up at about two in the morning and there was this ghost sitting on the corner of her bed. And this lady was dressed in like 1940s clothing and she's smoking a cigarette in one of those long tipped cigarette holders, Mm -hmm. looking looking very irritated. And she takes a puff of this, you know, cigarette and she says, they misspelled my name on my headstone and you need to fix it. And my friend kind of, you know, blanking and rubbing the sleeve out of her eyes. She's like 12 years old. She's like, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you here? Go away. <laughs> you know? And, but, you know, as she was a teenager, she would also have all these ghost you know, spirits tromping through her bedroom and and wanting attention. And as she grew out of her teenage years, that energy changed and the, the ghost kind of dissipated. But the, so it's kind of like your location and the energy level in the house or the location where you are kind of dictates who might be present and who might be visiting. I think they're attracted to that energy.
0: I hope you enjoyed your 15-minute preview of our new podcast, The Grave Talks. Be sure to subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you download podcasts to not miss any episode of the show. New episodes every single Monday. Just search for The Grave Talks and then press subscribe. Give us a review while you're at it and some stars that will help us grow in the rankings and let other folks know that the show exists to make an even better show for you. The Grave Talks. Check it out at thegravetalks.com. Each of us has a purpose.